New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hi all, it's me again, Todd Briner, and I'm just wanted to thank you for joining us again for the New Vision podcast. Today we're going to continue looking at how they would dedicate the priests and get them ready for their service. It's Exodus 29, 26 through 46, reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Then take the breast of Aaron's ordination ram and lift it up in the Lord's presence as a special offering to him. Then keep it as your own portion. Set aside the portions of the ordination ram that belong to Aaron and his sons. This includes the breast and the thigh that were lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. In the future, whenever the people of Israel lift up a peace offering, a portion of it must be set aside for Aaron and his descendants. This is their permanent right, and it is a sacred offering from the Israelites to the Lord. Aaron's sacred garments must be preserved for his descendants who succeed him, and they will wear them when they are anointed and ordained. The descendant who succeeds him as high priest will wear these clothes for seven days as he ministers in the tabernacle and the holy place. Take the ram used in the ordination ceremony and boil its meat in a sacred place. Then Aaron and his sons will eat this meat along with the bread in the basket at the tabernacle entrance. They alone may eat the meat and bread used for their purification in the ordination ceremony. No one else may eat them, for these things are set apart and holy. If any of the ordination meat or bread remains until the morning, it must be burned. It must not be eaten, for it is holy. This is how you will ordain Aaron and his sons to their offices, just as I have commanded you. The ordination ceremony will go on for seven days. Each day you must sacrifice a young bull as a sin offering to purify them, making them right with the Lord. Afterwards, cleanse the altar by purifying it. Make it holy by anointing it with oil. Purify the altar and consecrate it every day for seven days. After that, the altar will be absolutely holy, and whatever touches it will become holy. These are the sacrifices you are to offer regularly on the altar. Each day offer two lambs that are a year old, one in the morning and the other in the evening. With one of them, offer two quarts of choice flour mixed with one quart of pure oil of pressed olives. Also offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Offer the other lamb in the evening, along with the same offerings of flour and wine as in the morning. It will be a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. These burnt offerings are to be made each day from generation to generation. Offer them in the Lord's presence at the tabernacle entrance. There I will meet with you and speak with you. I will meet the people of Israel there in the place made holy by my glorious presence. Yes, I will consecrate the tabernacle and the altar, and I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priest. Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God. I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them. I am the Lord their God. As we go through all these things, we see at the end, he says that he will be among them. In verse 45, he says, then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God. Notice what it says, though. 
I will live among the people, not with the people. He would just live among them in the presence of, his presence was in the camp of the Israelites. And one day a year, in the Holy of Holies, that God allowed the high priest to enter in and meet with them. It was one day. But see, here's what people long for. People long for when God would actually be with his people. See, it started out that God was among his people. Remember, so it's God among us. Isaiah says it years later. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And we know Emmanuel means God with us. So they had God among them. His presence was in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, among them in the camp. But they longed for the time where not God would be among them, but God would actually be with them. Matthew 1.21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we go from God among the people, God among the people in the tabernacle, to now God with the people in the presence of Jesus. To now God is with them. I talk to people all the time. They say, man, wouldn't it have been amazing Wouldn't it have been awesome to be with Jesus? And yes, I think that would be cool. I think that would be really great. But I honestly want to say that today, according to Jesus, we have something even better. See, God was among the people in the tabernacle. God was with the people in Jesus. Jesus was with the people. God was with us. But look what it says in John 16, 5 through 7. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Look at what he says. He's saying it's better that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. See, it goes God among them in the tabernacle. God with us, Jesus. But now, for those of us who experience a relationship with Jesus, it isn't God with us. It's God in us. God in us. Jesus himself says that God In us, God in you is better than Jesus himself beside you. Look at what it says in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus lives in you. If you're a follower of his, if you've turned your life over to him, think about that. Think about all we've looked at. For God being among them, 
all of the exodus, all of the tabernacle preparations, all that, for God to just be among them. And then we know about Jesus and all he did and God with them. But now it's God in us. It goes from God among us to God with us to God in us. So just think about that for a minute. Don't just click off the podcast. Don't just let it in. But sit maybe in silence. And allow the God who lives inside of you, if you're a Christian, to speak to you. People all the time may ask me and say, man, why doesn't God speak out loud? I wish God would just speak out loud to me. I said, why would God need to speak out loud to you? He already lives inside of you. See, I believe that through the Holy Spirit that God is speaking to us all the time. The question is, are we listening? God, I thank you for this time today. I thank you for these people here today. And I pray that we would take some time just to listen to what you're saying. Just to listen to you. I thank you that you live inside of me. I thank you that you live inside of so many of us that have called on your name. But I pray that we would listen to you and allow you to speak in our lives in your season. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.